0: Individual is the answer to the challenges of healthcare. But we can't engage the individual in changing outcomes unless individuals have access to the information they need to do so
1: that's how you become a billionaire.
2: Wow, that's some inspiring stuff. Who is that young firebrand?
1: So, Elizabeth Holmes, I, uh, I had seen her act on a lot of different stuff come across her a lot of different places. Attractive blonde, black turtleneck sweater, became a billionaire, doing TED talks, she was on Charlie Rose, she was in the New York Times regularly, held up as an example of uh, everything that is great with the world. And it we found out just recently she is a complete fraud. Fran- and uh, and uh, that's quite a story. They're going to make a movie out of it, maybe with Jennifer Lawrence playing her.
2: Well, that is exciting. Francine McKenna is a Market Watch reporter. Has been following this extraordinary story and joins us now. Francine, hello. How are you?
0: Hello. How are you from Washington?
2: Oh, it's, it's great to hear from you. By the way, Elizabeth Holmes,
1: Palo Alto's very own, as uh, she is in the backyard of one of our many many radio stations that we're on. So uh, tell us the story for anybody who doesn't know it.
0: Uh, So, Elizabeth Holmes was a Stanford student. Uh, She dropped out of Stanford because she had this great idea based on her own experience according to uh, the narrative, the story that she tells. Um, She was afraid of needles.
2: Of course,
1: she's a known liar, so we have to take this all with a grain of salt, but go on.
0: (laughs) Well, the story is what's important to get investors to invest. So, uh, you know, the savvy ones, um, they start developing a story early on. And her story was that she was afraid of needles, and she uh, had started uh, looking at and taking some courses at Stanford and sort of doing her own independent study to figure out a way to um, draw blood or at least be able to test blood for various things um, only using a couple of droplets. And that was the pitch. Um, It would, uh, uh, if it was real, be revolutionary because it would not only reduce costs but obviously make it really uh, much more comfortable and much less painful for uh, people like, um, you know, elderly or cancer patients. Oh, for kids. Oh,
2: children. For kids, would be a game changer for kids. Well, and listen, I don't have any particular fear of needles. I'm no more fond of them than anybody else, but if somebody says to me, oh, by the way, there's a uh, method to do this that doesn't involve sticking a needle in your vein, I'd say, yes, please, everybody would. Don't even say that. Anyway, what happens next?
0: So, she... um, Got a lot of people at Stanford interested, and Stanford, of course, is the hotbed of startup venture capital activity. There's always people there who are willing to support, mentor, invest. There's lots of infrastructure to support people like her. But she dropped out, and she immediately um, attracted some very high-powered people Uh, to invest in her firm, Um, you know, she ended up with um, some stellar people like uh, George Saltz, the former Secretary of State, um, and some of his uh, uh, colleagues at the Hoover Institution, people from the Stanford Medical School, and one particular guy, Tim Draper from uh, a VC firm called Draper, Fisher, and Jurvetson, who invested not as like a formal venture capitalist, but as a friend of the family, I guess his daughter and her were friends or they knew each other when she lived in California. And so one of the things that she did, um, uh, whether by uh, design or default, is she uh, attracted investment from people who did it because they believed in her, in her idea, in the vision. They were really bowled over by the potential of the technology. They liked her
2: turtleneck?
0: You know, she just fit a very strong, um, you know, image of what a lot of people want to do, which is open up the opportunity for investment and entrepreneurship to a more diverse, you know, uh, uh, founder and owner uh, kind of uh, group. And so she was just sort of a really nice poster person for, you know, what a lot of people idealistically wanted to do in these areas, especially in healthcare, which is, you know, sort of a... Uh, touchy-feely okay. kind of well, area I'll, of investment. I'll
1: get into that again in a little bit. So, you she got lots of investors, and then uh, the, the way the investing thing works is a lot of people who invest watch some investors, and so they see some of the big-name celebrity-level uh, investors investing. So, they think, I got to get on this too. So, it just grows and grows. How much money did they end up getting?
0: Well, um, you know, the numbers are between seven hundred and nine hundred million. and 900 million. It depends on where you look, but basically, a lot of money. Um, and they started uh, talking about, you know, very healthy revenues um, in the millions and then hundreds, millions, and then started uh, proposing that they were going to actually have revenues of up to a billion by 2015. Um, along the way, you know, she started the firm herself in 2003, but along the way, she, um, you know, had some ups and downs. It wasn't easy. Um to actually make this work, obviously, because um, it, it wasn't going to work in the end. So she ended up um, teaming up with a guy named Sonny Balwani, uh, who some news reports have characterized as also romantically involved with her. So her boyfriend... They, for, uh, some access to his personal line of credit in order to get the firm over a hump. And then they really took off because Sonny was the numbers guy. And according to the SEC complaints, Sonny was a guy who put together all the numbers and all the projections that then they took in, you know, nice little binders to all these investors.
2: Well, and And just let me jump in real quickly. (laughs) What they were promising is this new triple secret way to test blood. that could perform 200 different tests. But it turns out they could only do 12 of the 200 tests, and they both knew it.
0: Right. And they also had promised, you know, in order to make this happen, they had to create sort of a different kind of a testing machine. So rather than taking vials of blood and sending them to a lab and, you know, going through this elaborate, expensive process, which everybody who's ever had it done knows it's It costs a fortune. Um, They were creating these little machines that could be, you know, no bigger than, let's say, uh, a printer that you could have on your desk. So you could have people who were, you know, being taken care of at home. You could have, you know, all kinds of portable kinds of ways of testing blood that, again, was less expensive, convenient, and could help people to it on a monitoring basis. And it's an incredible breakthrough. I'm going to invest. Oh, yeah. Imagine
1: yeah. imagine if you had a little portable blood testing machine at home. You could take your own blood without, you know, needles. Right. You put it in right. there and at home and get the results back right away. Okay, I'm looking pretty good. I was feeling right. a little For off, but cholesterol, I was... Re- oh, it'd yeah, be awesome. Cholesterol, you know, sure. Unfortunately, cholesterol, that technology you doesn't exist. Right.
2: <laughs> That's right. the rub. Uh, but, Francine you know, so McKenna, Market work. Watch reporter, is on the phone. I, Sorry. I, I hate to
1: hurry you along, but I don't want to run out of time. At what point does she become this celebrity where I'm seeing her all over the place in her black turtleneck? Did that happen around this time or after she became a billionaire? Or how did that work?
0: It was sort of in the 2011, 12, 13 period. So people started hearing about this, you know, because of some of these really sort of superstar people that were on her board um, and investing, and everybody starts talking. And as you said, what happens in these circles is, uh, you know, uh, a group of people find out about it. They want to get other people involved. You know, people feel like, oh, if I don't find out about it, I'm going to get left out. Right. You know, it becomes sort of a clique, you know, kind of a thing like, oh, you know, somebody gave me a tip. and. She only allowed certain people to invest directly, but there ended up being a lot of activity in the secondary market. So there's now secondary markets for private shares. And, again, anything that's made to feel exclusive – Um, is then something that people really, really want. People were clamoring to try to get a hold of these shares from other people who had gotten in on the front end. So, you know, what does that start to sound like? It starts to sound like a Bernie Madoff thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the more he told people, you know, can't do it, you know, no, I have a limit, blah, 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 the more people wanted it, and then people were paying up, paying up, paying up, all the way up to uh, my boss, Rupert Murdoch at News Corp here, um also invested
2: 100 million dollars you know, according yeah. to one report i read
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah hey, here's a question i've got and we're going to have to kind of skip to the end here cuz it turns out this technology didn't exist it's a fraud she's in big trouble etc etc she's not the uh she's not the female steve jobs she's closer to the female bernie madoff <laughs> as you uh, made as you just said but um at what point did she know this was a fraud did she start out with completely good intentions and some point at some point couldn't fulfill it. Did she know it was a fraud earlier on? I, what, what's your thoughts on that?
0: Well, um, I think that she probably knew that she was pushing, you know, a dream. Um, her her boyfriend and the president, Sonny Balwani, was pushing numbers that were completely unrealistic.
1: Was he and just making those up?
0: He was just making them up. That's what the SEC complaint says. Now, yeah. she settled with the SEC um, and they pulled away her founder's shares, and she's barred from um, being the head of a public company for 10 years, et cetera.
1: Only very 10 years, but when you fine. come back, you can try it again.
0: <laughs> yeah, very minimal fine. He's fighting it, though. Um, so he's going to, you know, continue to negotiate and potentially go to trial, et cetera, over his stuff. But they were saying that he he just made the stuff up.
1: It's um, <laughs> so wild. Wow. Yeah.
0: The Wall Journal, the Wall Street Journal, uh, my colleague, uh, John Carey Rue, did a expose then in um, October of 2015. Then they sort of knew the gig was up. And the regulators, you know, from the from the FDA and and the you know the people that certify you know labs that can do tests for Medicare Medicaid reimbursement came in and and clamped down. She got banned from owning labs, um, banned from running labs. Um, and so they, you know, then they knew sort of the gig was up. But they really fought back hard. They smeared the reporter. They they pushed back on the Wall Street Journal, but he kept writing stories and and this is sort of the result. But there's still criminal investigations that are pending, Um, so the SEC did not get a guilty plea from her. It basically was a settlement. So
1: you, you touched on this earlier, and I think this is pretty interesting, just from a psychological standpoint, of how much of this had to do that she's an attractive, young blonde that kind of looks like the girl next door. And, and like you said, people want it to be true. They want there to be a, a, a someone who looks like her that is a Steve Jobs-like character. It just It just sounds good for America. How much of that played a role in this?
0: Well, you know, charisma works really well in investing. I mean, if you want people's money, you know, that charm, that charisma works. And certainly it doesn't hurt if you're an attractive young woman, especially. Yeah, that's what I'm blaming on,
2: the lack of investment in my stool sample technology (laughs) I'm trying to get going. I can't get anybody to invest a dime.
0: Silicon Valley is very um, under under the gun right now for, you know, not having enough diversity, not having enough women involved in venture capital and in investing. And so it all sort of fit together that people wanted to believe that, you know, there was a brilliant young woman who, you know, was gonna do something really phenomenal. For everybody, but the worst thing you know I have a training as an accountant, and the worst thing for me was that everybody was looking at the technology, nobody looked at the numbers they didn 't ask for any kind of um, audited financial statements the The Rhinos never hired an accounting firm to put together formal financial
1: statements well, I, I wouldn't either. They
0: didn't <laughs> even ask for tax returns. <laughs> They didn't even ask for their tax returns, which would, wow. which would have been immediately uh, revealing.
2: Wow. It's a, it was a craze. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Francine McKenna of Market Watch. Francine, uh, thanks very much. Really a hell of an interesting story, and we appreciate your time. Great. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you. Thank
1: you. You, you look back on these sorts of things that happened in the past and assume we're smarter now. Don't you? No. Or that we have systems in place that would stop these sorts of things that ever happen? But they, they keep happening over and over
2: again. Well, you know what? If you did hear Rupert Murdoch had thrown $100 million into this company, you would assume sure. that he oh, oh yeah. had made yeah. sure that they had done their due diligence. Oh, yeah. I've
1: done that before.
2: Yeah. I've done yeah. that before. But Well, let's give the last word to the, uh, the board of Theranos right now. Quote, the company is pleased to be bringing this matter to a close and looks forward to advancing its technology. We all look forward to that. I, just,
1: I I'm not sure they know for certain at what point she knew it was a complete fraud. Um, mm. You know, at what point she was because, like I said, I've seen her in so many interviews. At what point she was in an interview, sitting back in her black turtleneck, she'd be asking a question, and she in her ponytail, and she'd look thoughtfully toward the ceiling. And well, I think in uh, you know what what scales in the modern world is. Um, young women's ideas and she would just go on and on with this crap and people would just look at her oh my god she's the greatest thing that's ever happened and she's just completely full of crap
2: wow <laughs> <And I'm, laughs> it just seems so amazing to me charles ponzi admires elizabeth holmes yeah it, her, her phony company was valued at nine billion dollars at one point yeah she was the
1: youngest self-made female billionaire in the world
2: according to forbes list a
1: few years back mm. And uh, another picture of her in her black turtleneck is the female Steve Jobs. And... But she was really good at those buzzwords. This is so great for the, the, the modern world and women and all this sort of stuff. And, and people just loved it.
2: Just got an email from the late Steve Jobs. How about you make sure people can do what they claim to before calling them the new me? May I rest in peace?
1: If he could have walked around just talking about a phone, that it'll be a computer and everything in your hand. It'll be your music player. It'll be your date book. And he just never built it. Right. I have no (laughs) idea how to build it. (laughs) You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The
2: conscience of the nation.
0: The Armstrong and Getty
1: Show. Um, we got a bunch of text I want to get to. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. By the way, we're
2: interactive.
1: Elizabeth Holmes, we were just talking about, her TED Talk apparently is still available. A buddy of mine watched watched it the other night, and he <laughs> said, watching it, knowing she's full of crap, is hilarious. Oh, I'll bet it is. I'll bet it is pretty funny. Yeah, I'd love to hear more of it.
2: Um, so, uh, on a variety of topics, her boyfriend has a rhyming name, by the way, did you notice that Sonny Balwani never trust anybody with a rhyming name Yeah. and if your parents gave you a rhyming name, you gotta go with your middle name or a nickname from the text line. I got a great idea. I called a time machine. Any investors?
1: (laughs) Um... Yeah, as somebody pointed out she even did a super special TED talk. It was like elevated among TED talks to a special TED talk oh, because really? she was, you know, an example to women worldwide.
2: A super TED. The girls can do it too. Yes, they can. they can. They can defraud the masses. Yes, they
1: can come up with massive frauds just yes? like the guys. Right. Don't um, let anybody tell you otherwise, girls. Why does your smoke detector low battery chirp only occur in the in the middle of the night? That's a good yeah, question.
2: That's a timeless question.
1: An interesting thought experiment. What if Melania goes full on bitter ex-wife and sets out to destroy Trump? Holy cow. The that would be entertaining and troubling. It, it
2: could be. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. I
1: think he'd have to I think he'd have to throw so much money at her, just so much money at her.
2: Given his distractability, unless he's playing seven-dimensional chess. Yeah. Given the fact that he's so easily provoked and distracted, uh, that could be a disaster for the country.
1: I appreciate our Twitter follower who did tweet that last night. He's playing six-dimensional chess with Melania. Hmm. Yeah, it's not, not, actually not that complicated. It's more like one-dimensional checkers. <laughs> yeah. I bang whoever I want and hope you put up with it. Yeah, wow. Is the, uh, is the whole thing.
2: Yikes. Where this experiment ends is uh, nobody knows. The Trump experiment. Oh yeah, nobody knows. A lot of good shaking up the swamp things going on. Really enjoying them. Also, the swamp just got uh, billions of dollars bigger, hundreds of billions of dollars bigger. Although this the morning, the debt just got bigger.
1: This morning, he uh, threatened to veto it. Right. This whole trade thing. The 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 um stocks are now down for the year after just an
2: insanely good year last year. Right, It might just be a day, but we'll see. Who it knows? might be a good maneuver a long term. Sure. I don't know that. I'm neither a Trump uh, honk nor a Trump detractor.
1: Here is a good text. Congress is not broken, as Rand Paul said. It's negligence. Shouldn't it be illegal to pass laws without reading them? It is, in a sense, in that uh, we get to end their jobs right. if we vote don't like out. the way we do it. And do we vote them out? No. We know our Congress people don't read the bills, vote for spending for things that we can't afford over and over, and we reelect them. So, I mean, come on. We honestly do get the democracy we deserve. If we're not going to hold them accountable on that,
2: well, then they're going to do it. Well, I would suggest to you, and I do not fear contradiction on this, it's virtually impossible for an individual congressman to do anything about the leadership's grip on D.C. and the lobbyist's grip on the leadership. Unless there's a wave of people, like the Tea Party wave of Congress people, who are then decried by the media. Decried almost 100% for interfering in the process and demanding a little responsibility. Right.
3: They're portrayed as villains. What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, you were just talking about this trade war looming or smart negotiating tactic. We're going to get into that. We've got big news for Toys R Us fans. And how much your private information is worth on the dark net. Coming up, minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty.
1: Jackie Kennedy knew about JFK, JFK's affairs, says this texter. hmm How much she knew, I don't know, but uh, she put up with it. Kept her mouth shut. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. a poll up on twitter on trump's marriage here's the results 12% and well 20% thinking there'll be a public spectacle divorce which i'm thinking is going to happen 68% no divorce just hatred <laughs> 12% red sparrow murder mm. well, what does that mean
2: well that means melania is a foreign agent and mm. she's been sent to track uh, impede and or kill trump and she will move into kill mode now
1: She, she doesn't have to be a foreign agent she could just you know say you did what to who and smother him in his sleep wouldn't that be a hell of a way to have an assassination i didn't assassinate the president so much as kill my husband
4: He uh, he was cheating on me again. Your Honor, I did not assassinate the president. I assassinated my husband. The defense rests. Or what
1: if she just, you know, beats him down with something? Is that an uh,
2: assassination attempt? No, it's just beating up my husband who won't stop cheating on me. Who humiliates me in public. (laughs) Well, well, the Trollops do. Has anybody asked any of these gals, why are you talking about this? Why are you telling this? It's incredibly uncool to, like, reveal who your lover's been and what you did with them. It's private. Keep it private, huh? That's well, why they call them privates. And not enough
1: questions on what are you doing, going around dating, being in love with a married guy with kids. I mean, we'll we, we'll discuss how awful that is to him. He's a that's disgusting and He's
2: not a cool flounder, I'm no doubt. Yeah. But
3: what are you doing? what's your What's your lifestyle? What are you thinking? Anyway, let's get the news now with Marcia Phillips. Hell, trade war looming. President Trump announcing tariffs against China, drawing a vow to retaliate from Beijing. Trump is saying the U.S. will slap tariffs on Chinese products worth about 60 billion dollars a year in imports, as well as restrict Chinese investment to punish Beijing for stealing American technology. We're doing something that will be the start of making trade with China more fair. We're so far down and our presidents, frankly, our past president, should never have allowed this to happen. Now, the U.S. is going to target Chinese makers of machinery, aerospace, and communications equipment. China responding by listing a bunch of U.S. goods that it could impose higher import tariffs on in response. I thought Trump's uh, little quote there we played was quite
2: revealing. It's obvious that he's doing what I thought he was doing, just saying, listen, it's just gotten, we've given and given and given and given because we're such an economic colossus. And we're such a productive country, and we're doing so much trade with everybody. There's just no point in quibbling over little rules um, while we're doing all this business. And Trump has said, it's just all gone too far. It's way out of balance now. Y'all got to start uh, having a little reciprocity. And, uh, you know, he hinted that, all right, this is the start. Look, now we sit down. Now that I told him I will whack you in the pee pee. Now you know I'm serious. So... I don't we'll know, see where it goes. I don't
1: know that I needed that imagery.
2: Um, it's the same thing he did with NATO. It's diplomatic speak, Jack. I've studied this.
1: It's exactly the same thing he did with NATO, where he yeah. said, all right, that's it's too much. Too much. Too many countries not paying. <laughs> now you don't pay anything. No, no we're not going to do that anymore.
2: Yeah, forget it. We're out. What? You're, you're what? You're. How much do we owe? Right, exactly. We'll see how it goes. I'm not saying it's going to be successful. Right, no. Because this is some complicated stuff. Ian Bremmer. We, who
1: we- want deal. Ian Bremmer, who we have on the show regularly, runs the Eurasia Group, and his job is to assess risk for clients around the world. And he tweeted yesterday, probably the worst slash biggest single day for geopolitical risk since I started doing this in 1998. Uh, yeah, that would be this trade thing with China. It would be replacing McMaster with a guy right. who wants to end the Iranian nuclear deal and has advocated a first strike on North Korea. I mean, those are
2: some pretty big stories. Yeah, that part is a, uh, has to be a different discussion, the Bolton aspect of it. Right. But Ian Bremmer makes his living helping giant companies perpetuate the profitable status quo. And so, yeah, he is representing his clients, and I completely get that. All they want is certainty. And we don't have certainty. We have less
3: certainty today than we started with yesterday.
1: Right. It might end up being better, but we don't know that. Right. Right.
3: Protesters furious about this week's fatal shooting of an unarmed black man formed a human chain blocking fans trying to attend the professional basketball game between the Sacramento Kings and the Atlanta Hawks, all the while chanting, shut it down. That action briefly delayed the game Thursday while dozens of Sacramento police attempted to clear the entrances. The protesters angry over the fatal shooting Sunday of 22-year-old Stephon Clark. We're going out. We're disrupting. We're making everybody uncomfortable. Being black in Sacramento in America is
1: uncomfortable. So today, we're going to make people feel how we feel, uncomfortable.
2: I woke up uncomfortable. Um, we're it's... going to talk about this during the award-winning 9 o'clock hour, if you get it. If not, hit the podcast or demand of your local station that you get it.
1: Your uncomfort is not, discomfort is not the discomfort he says he has, that right. he's afraid he's going to be shot by the police because he's black. Now, I, I just following this, this story the way it is, any chance they don't react the same way with a Hispanic guy or a white guy or an Asian guy in that situation in the dark in the yard holding something in their hand? You know, you tell me. I don't know.
2: We need to post the links to all of the body cam videos and the helicopter video and the rest of it. I can give you a tip, Hansen, for who's got right. to all of them. Um, but I've watched all of it, and I've seen this movie before. Um, you know, I don't want to be so cynical we don't do a talk radio show because there are some interesting issues at work here. But it's the sort of shooting. Where, even according to some of the flaming liberal politicians of Sacramento, it does not appear to be unjustified. It's unfortunate as hell. Nobody wants this young man to be dead. He may have been a small-time criminal, but he doesn't need to be dead. But the cops in the dark chasing somebody who suddenly comes out of the darkness. They think he has a gun. It's just
1: hard for me to imagine Mayor... um, I know how this ends. ...Daryl Steinberg not leading that protest last night if he didn't if he if he thought something was going on there uh untoward right because he just he lean he's that kind of guy right
2: well the uh king's owner made a hell of a statement on the the basketball court yesterday and we'll play that for you during the nine o'clock hour as well
3: michelangelo i know that you and many others have been waiting for this news so i want to update you it has just been announced Toys R Us is opening its doors for a giant going-out-of-business sale, offering clearance discounts at all 735 stores, including Babies R Us. Company. So, uh, following tweets
1: yeah, last night for whatever, oh, no, I was trying to get my kid to bed, so right. I was reading my Twitter while he was trying to go to sleep. Um, uh, some uh, business guy saying, It's wild watching people mourn the death of poor old Toys R Us which is the company that eradicated mom-and-pop toy stores and basically invented the concept of category killer big-box stores. Wow. They were before Walmart and Barnes and & Noble and Borders and all that sort of stuff. They came in and just put to death all these toy stores that existed in the country.
2: Wow, the little storefront with the fire engine in the right. window yeah, and the, yeah. the spinning top and the rest
1: of they it. They ended that, and now that they're going away, people are sad. And it's similar to people feeling bad. I did this, too, which is weird. When the borders closed in my town, borders had come in and shut down all the bookstores
2: right. years ago. Right? America likes a winner, Jack. I guess.
1: That's well, a- someday will we mourn the closing of Walmart? Oh, I remember Walmart. I have such great memories of Walmart. Came into your town, shut down everything all in right. the whole town. Right. The pharmacy, the clothing store, the the the, the, the place that fixed cars, everything.
2: No greater loser-watching opportunity than Walmart, though. Weirdos in the aisles, that sort of thing. If <laughs> you want to feel better about your appearance, go to a Walmart. It's the human zoo, my friends. And, you know, if a zoo closes, that's a sad
3: thing. Don't compare yourself to all the pretty people at the bar. It's right. make too bad. Right. Compare yourself to all the people at Walmart. That's our feel-good Armstrong and Getty hint of the morning. <laughs> and that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Of <laughs> course, the rest of the people at
2: the Walmart might be looking at you doing the same thing. Oh, <laughs> You look like
1: you wanted to get in on this conversation, Sean. Oh, yeah. We love that.
4: And your mic's not on, so never mind. Oh, that too. Yes. I was audio editing. I don't know what you guys were getting on. Oh, okay. okay. Keep it up. No
1: problem. problem. Um,
4: Yeah.
1: That is the average person when you go to Walmart. You got to keep that in mind.
2: I hate big box America. I hate traveling across this land and seeing the same oh, yeah. damn stores and the same damn restaurants oh, yeah. in every town. I despise yeah. it.
1: A buddy of mine who flies for a living and in his different towns all the time, he said, everywhere you go, there's the Home Depot, there's the Chili's, there's the Applebee's, there's the Walmart, there's the mall with the same stores. There's Say it the
3: Home- yeah. Yeah. um
1: America loves a winner. What is our job? Making people unhappy? Nostalgic? But our nostalgia is always sadness. Nostalgia is supposed to be like fun, right? Remember the 50s? Weren't they cool? It, we always come up with nostalgia that makes you feel bad.
2: I just think we're bad at our jobs. <laughs> I think it's time to we accept we're not good at this and find something else. I remember when we used to be good at this. Those were good days. But
1: not anymore.
2: Yeah, brother. So uh, more with the Trollop. the uh, latest Trollop who claims she slept with Trump and is talking about it for some reason, among other things <laughs> coming up. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty show.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
2: The conscience of the nation.
0: The Armstrong and Getty show.
2: This one for them. city
0: got chucks on with Saint Laurent got to kiss myself so pretty i'm too hot a police and a fireman i'm too hot make a dragon wanna retire man i'm too hot
2: say my name
4: you know so this is Roseanne Barr. do you remember her she was on Jimmy Kimmel yes she uh they're relaunching her TV show, picking up with the lives of the cast of Roseanne yes. yeah. including John Goodman yeah, real time yeah. they're they're just older now L- everybody's L- older let's
1: let's discuss that just briefly the the Roseanne doing that will and Grace doing that mm-hmm.
4: that's just the new karate kid thing on YouTube yeah. doing it's something pathetic, similar.
2: and yet is it is it is or it is it
4: Yes or is it
2: I never uh, liked <laughs> Will and Grace that much, so but yeah I don't I have a great deal of respect for the performers. On the Roseanne show. I have some interest in the, what they could do with what
1: turned out with that particular... Those lives. Right.
2: Yes. Yeah. Well, and I look at John Goodman, and there's zero chance he's doing it because he needs the paycheck.
1: Of course, Roseanne's different than Will & Grace. Will & Grace was uh, almost entirely a comedy, and uh, so it'd just be older people doing the same wacky stuff. Roseanne was a very serious show a lot of times. Very serious. Mm. I mean, I didn't you know, watch it much. Oh, but... man. Man, they dealt with all the hardest issues... You know,
4: they uh, dealt with real life issues.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. marriage, death, divorce, pregnancies, drugs, financial
4: fear, fina- a lot, always
1: yeah. being broke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that could be interesting. Anywho, yeah. mm-hmm. so she's on Jimmy Kimmel last night. And oh, she said she
2: things with her
3: mouth. I'm
1: shocked because I know you're a, you were a very liberal, socially liberal person in general. I mean,
3: I'm still the same. You all
4: moved.
3: <laughs> we did. You all went so. Far. Far out, you lost everyone. <laughs> I mean, seriously,
4: You're probably right, by a the way.
3: lot of your audience, and including me, I just want to say this, Jimmy. A lot of us, you know, no matter who we voted for, we don't want to see our president fail. Right. You know? Right. I right. know. Because don't want Pence. And yet we've seen Are it me? over again. Are you, you, <laughs> want Pence? you want pants? You want pants for oh, the freaking no. president? No, I don't want Pence. Well, him they either. zip that. <laughs> so
4: she's A salty old gal isn't she well, that's that. she said she hasn't changed as everyone else who has yeah. yeah that's that is interesting though maybe it's generational and that is something that they very much bring up on this the show roseanne where it's kind of in it's middle america quote unquote trump country and you know her younger children are not as big as fans but you know that that conversation happens on the show as well sure uh, are going to have uh, anybody addicted to
2: opioids on the show, or do they already? Probably. Sure, friend, neighbor, uncle, somebody, if you're going to portray that part of America. God, I
1: remember one of my favorite episodes of Roseanne, another one of their dead serious episodes. But her husband, John Goodman, and then in, in the show, they're in like their 30s. They got young <coughs> kids, and they're in their 30s. And he was getting in bar fights, because that's what he'd always done. He was a big, tough guy, and uh, she told him he had to stop it and everything like that. And he got challenged by this dude at a bar, and he had to back down, and and because and, she said she was going to leave him if he ever did it again. It was really, really good. Wow. And I mean, and he's a tremendous actor. Yeah. I mean, so it was high level drama. Wow. This damn. young guy at the bar pushing him and pushing him and him, him having to put down his pool cue and walk out and not fight him was really good. Wow.
2: That was a good show. Yeah. I. You know what? I, yeah. I. I'm sorry I missed it. You know the whole coarseness of Roseanne and the that whole thing. Um. Uh, I think it gave people the wrong idea. Some people,
1: well, the grabbing. It was the number one show for like ten years. So I think I think enough people got the right yeah, idea. But yeah. Um, yeah, she dealt with the, you know your high school girl, kid gets pregnant and just all that sort of stuff in completely serious terms. And it was it was good. And again, Jack, the whole, I was
2: watching the Cosby Show because I preferred more life affirming role models. Exactly.
1: You got plenty <laughs> of money. You're a doctor and a lawyer, and
2: everything's funny. Young Theo was plucky. He'd mm. challenge him sometimes. Dad drugs women and rapes them when they're
1: asleep I once
4: be- in a while. I believe that was also Roseanne's show was uh, George Clooney's first TV credit. He was he dated her sister, and he was like some trucker hat-wearing <laughs> <Right. laughs> kind of dude. Right. Beautiful. Anyway, well, that was... A-
1: uh, so that do was we have nice. any more from the Trollope we ought to hear that was on Anderson Cooper? Listen, Lesson.
2: and this is not some sort of anti-woman thing. You know, sexual morality exists for a lot of really good reasons, and it's an ancient concept. It has changed. Perhaps it should change. But look, Trump has to sleep around. He's a philanderer. You want to get with a rich guy because maybe you can get something out of it? You're a trollop in my eyes. You don't like that? Well, we disagree, and I respect your opinion. Yeah. But now the gal's trying to get famous talking about who she's hosing. What's that all about? What's the justification for that? Is anybody claiming Trump is not a Flander? Anybody of any significance? Well, I Th- guess Trump. Trump, Trump <laughs> is. Other, other than him, no. Touche! <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, He's but I don't, make- I don't see anybody buying it. But that doesn't change the fact that he, like, he could make these go away. If, but it puts him in the horrible position of admitting it's all true.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, I, I I say the same thing with Bill Clinton. I don't think you have to admit to who, he had sex, who you have sex with. I don't think that's something that's anybody's
2: business. Well, I don't yeah, think you have to tell people that. If I heard somebody saying, well, even if it's Donald J. Trump saying, I never gamble. I don't believe in gambling. I think it's foolish. I've run casinos. I won't gamble myself. And I used to play poker with him on Tuesday nights. Am I going to go on Anderson Cooper merely to refute him when it's of no significance? I mean, it it, it uh, unmasks him as a liar. I suppose maybe I'd think the American people deserve to know that he actually did play poker and he's lying about that. But I just.
1: Well, I sure don't get the lifestyle. Her describing the way it was with Trump. So he he the porn star one is pretty easy to understand. They met they meet every once in a while at the hotel have sex. Doesn't seem like there's anything more to it than that. She hoped to get on The Apprentice. He just wanted to have sex. But this one where he's telling her he loves her and she's saying she loves him. And he introduced her to his kids, took her to his apartment, showed her Melania's room. Yeah. This is where Melania
2: sleeps. And just. You could be the next.
1: That is so. We'll change the sheets. That is so far different from my lifestyle. And not just for morality reasons, from. I couldn't do it. I couldn't make myself do it. I can't imagine introducing my girlfriend to my kids and bringing her to my house. I mean, it just, ah! I
2: would start screaming, ah! This is too crazy! Yeah, well. You're not fit for that game, Jack. You couldn't play. What is that? I don't know. Is that because he grew up, his dad did it that way? Because Trump yeah, Jr., we found so. out,
1: has lived his life that
2: way. Well, I've known women who were the daughters of gold diggers who taught them to be a gold digger, because that's the way a woman gets at in the world. I've known guys who are okay with that sort of relationship. I don't get it. Has Trump spent all week long worried about this or no time worried
1: about it? I don't know either of those either. No idea. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.